1: Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting with VIP, exec- Executive Recruiter, and your all around hiring guru. And today, as usual, I have brought you some little golden nuggets that I think you're going to love. So let me introduce our guests today. Um, Let's welcome Heather Armstrong, owner and career change consultant at Career Design Associates, which was founded by Dr. Helen Harkness, who spearheaded the re movement in the 70s. And I'm going to give you, uh, <laughs> Heather a chance to correct me on any of this here. Okay? Right, <laughs> right. So Heather's work is dedicated to providing counsel, strategies, and unwavering support to connect people to work they love. And as you guys know, that is also my passion. I want to help others find their career passion. The company's mission is centered around the idea of design. They don't wanna help you pick a career from a list of options, but take creative control to design your own career path. So Heather, wow, I mean, this has been a long time coming. It has. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, so excited. I know. So I always love to start with how we got connected. So, and it's kind of a test, do you remember? Uh, Hollis Roberts. Yes. Yes. But do you know how I get connected to her? No. (laughs) So here's the beauty of networking. Yeah. You know, because I actually met, and we were just talking about her earlier, Andrea Crum. Yeah. Oh, Who met my managing partner with VIP at a networking event. And he's like, you got to meet her. She's definitely someone that you need to know. And she'll be on the podcast later in the year. Love it. Um, But, so Andrea was on career launch live, which I'm sure yep, you're familiar yep, with. I am. And, um, she told, uh, Catherine McCord, I mean, this is like, yeah. it's like a spider web, <laughs> right? Yep. And she told Catherine McCord, she's like, you've got to have Casey on your show because she's the hiring guru. Yep. And so I go on there, but when we were doing our test call, Hollis was on there. Oh, how funny! She was doing the test call with me. And I was like, I need to know her because I may be a recruiter, but I don't do resumes,
0: Yeah, right? She's amazing at that. Yeah.
1: yeah. And so we've been able to form a very strategic partnership, which I'm very grateful. But what I really love is the fact that you want people to be happy when they go to work. Yeah. It's my passion. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mine too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I'm so lucky and I feel like you are too that, you know, I don't ever work a day in my life.
0: Yeah. I was just talking to Hollis about that last week because it's like we have so much to do in that whole to-do list. Oh, I have to get to the to-do list. But I actually love my to-do list. And now I almost dislike the regular stuff at home more than the work. We won't tell anybody that yeah. at home. <laughs> Not the kids, just the housework.
1: <laughs> oh, no, you hire that out. Hire that out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about Career Design Associates and what inspired you to continue the legacy of Dr. Hardness and maybe give us just a teeny bit of background on her.
0: I will. Yep. Yeah. So Career Design Associates, which is now Career Design, we actually shortened the name couple years ago when we modernized the program. Mm-hmm. It's still very much her foundation, her framework, but um, we've done a few modernizations in terms of resume, LinkedIn, those things that didn't exactly exist in the seventies. Uh, we've added those pieces in. So um, we changed the name, but she started it 45 plus years ago out of necessity. She put her husband through medical school. And after about, um, I don't know how many years of that, she during that time, she was a college professor. And um, then they ended up getting divorced and she found herself having to raise her kids on her own. And as she likes to say with her several PhDs, her college professor job, and a nickel, she could buy a cup of coffee. <laughs> and That's one of her famous quotes. And she said, I just couldn't survive. I had to go find something else, in my next, her new job. And in the 70s, there wasn't career counseling. There wasn't career coaches. I mean, she didn't know where to even begin. So her PhD mind said, I need to research this. I need to come up with a process. I need to figure this out. And she started doing that. She started working with many now notary notarized people, Dr. John Holland, who worked with the Department of Labor for years and did a bunch of research and created an amazing one-on-one coaching assessment um, exercise, a a foundation of a program that um, is just super, super inspiring. And I, after being in the corporate advertising world for 25 plus years, all along knowing that It wasn't where I was supposed to be. Um, Decided, a friend recommended Dr. Harkness to me, but she said, you better hurry. She's approaching 90. Uh, Oh, wow. (laughs) Get in there and do that program. And I said, I'll do it. Uh, I have a love for seniors anyway. And I met her, I cried the first day I met her uh, immediately, which I'm sure she thought was insane because she's not a touchy feely, cry person, but I just knew I was in the right place at the right time was one of those moments. And, um, I never expected to be doing this, but after going through her program, I just couldn't let it die. And she was ready to stop seeing clients one-on-one and, um, I eventually bought the company, trained into her, and I can't tell you how happy I am to help people figure out what they what what value they can bring and work they love. That is just giving me goosebumps because <laughs> that
1: is so amazing that you get to do that every single day. You know, and I yep. tell people all the time that, you know, my first career was accounting
0: uh-huh. and,
1: yep. you know, I, I went to work. I was fine. I was making money, you know, but then when I fell and I do mean fell into recruiting, yep. it's like. My eyes opened, the scales fell off, and I was
0: like, You can love what you do. Yeah. Right? It's amazing. I started in accounting. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. In college, I quickly realized in college, if I did this every day, I'd poke my eyes out. Nothing against accounting. I just, yeah, just it wasn't for a, me.
1: Not everybody's wired to do it. Yeah. And I'm certainly not one of those wired to do it. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I did it for as long as I did. Um, so that was just so amazing that you are continuing her legacy. And I can just tell like the joy on your face when you talk about it, just lights you up.
0: It does. And she's an amazing woman, someone that I learned so much from. I'm still learning from. I still speak with her frequently. And just the passion that she had for it, it was contagious. That
1: was awesome. That yeah. So awesome. She's
0: an amazing lady.
1: So you've mentioned Hollis a couple of times. And I know yep. that um, she's one of your colleagues, but she recently wrote an article or wrote about qualifying for the job that you want. Yep. So Why do so many people feel they lack the skills or experience needed to land the job they really want? And how can somebody overcome this?
0: Yeah, I think that most people feel that way because they get started in something, whether it's accounting or whatever, or however they get started. And then they start getting accolades, they start getting promoted, maybe they get monetary rewards, and they just start moving up and and staying, feeling stuck in that space, like they can't do anything else. And the real gist of it is I think people believe they are what they do not who they are. Mm. And that's what our program tries to help them understand is who you are is actually the magic, the the good stuff. It's how you can actually transfer what you're doing in many other industries and areas. And I think people just don't take the time to understand what that is about themselves that's so special and unique and what can be transferred. And I think they can overcome that feeling by um, doing a few things, but a lot of it is just self-discovery being still, and then using what we call radical collaboration, which is a fancy word for just saying, get a partner, get somebody that you can talk to that sees you. Because so many times you miss so many great nuggets about yourself just because you can't see them. So whether that's a career coach or a supportive coworker or a good friend or family, um, just get with somebody and say, hey, what makes me shine? What do you love about me? What is it that um, I bring to you? And you'll start to see a pattern there.
1: I love it. I participated in a program and I can't remember the name of it, but it had me do just that. It had me, you know, send out an email to like all my close friends, but then also my peers at work yep, and say, what is one thing that comes to mind about me when you think about me? And yep. I didn't put any parameters on it. And it was really eye-opening what I got back.
0: Yeah, it them. is. That might've been Simon Sinek. Cause when you do the start with why, you no, know, it wasn't do that. Simon Sinek. Oh. It was
1: the... I will find it, and yeah. it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, I know what it is right now.
0: Simon Sinek has an amazing book, um, Find Your Why, and he has a similar exercise in yes. that book.
1: Yes, and I um, actually did read that, but because I'd already done that yeah. through that other program, I was <laughs> didn't like, do it again. Mm, yeah, I'm not going to bother them again. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but it's really interesting what you get back, and I think that um, just really doing that self-exploration so to find important. out you know what it is. And you know another technique that I've heard, Getting a little off topic, but I think it's very valuable information. Mm -hmm. Think about what you love to do as a child. Oh, yeah. When you're like three and four. Mm -hmm. And I actually had somebody do that with me on the show. Yeah. And he's like, What? And I didn't know what was coming. He goes, What did you like to do when you were a child? And I was like, Oh, my God. You would always find me standing on boxes, throwing a concert, (laughs) you know, entertaining the masses somehow, some way. And he's like, Really? Look
0: yeah. at me now. I can't imagine that. Now, my we do an exercise, too, called the Daydream um, Assessment. And it's really anything you've ever daydreamed about being yeah. all the way back from when you were five or six. And I always say my first one was I wanted to be a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader when I was five years old. And while I now know what I wanted out of Dallas Cowboy cheerleading is not the same, but I love to cheer people on in yeah. life. Like, there is a correlation there. There's something that I saw, that passion, that enthusiasm it all ties together. Absolutely. Yeah, it absolutely does. So,
1: you know, let's talk about what it looks like or what does it even mean to be fulfilled by your job and what are signs that you're maybe not being fulfilled by
0: your career? Yeah, we use that term fulfilled and fulfillment a lot in our, um, in our work. And I think that fulfillment to me means Living out your version of success. And that's so very different for every person. Um, there was, a, I just posted this week on my LinkedIn, an amazing career counselor in Australia posted this sentiment and it was, um, Are you in your job looking to feed your family or feed your soul or both or a combination of? And I was like, Oh my gosh, that is the perfect way to say it. Yeah. And it's different for every person. And it's also different for every point in your life, every season of your life because. Now, right when you get out of college, you do need to feed yourself. You need to make some money. So your values and what you're going after at that point are a little bit different than later in life when you might be trying to make a difference and contribute and and have more meaning in your life. So, um, But defining and figuring out what that version of success is to you is, again, that self-exploration part. What does it mean? Uh, Make sure you're not living someone else's in terms of just trying to go for that title or the money that people think you should do. Um, But really what makes you feel like you're being successful? I, you know, and that's so many little
1: nuggets right there about what it looks like for you. So I just want to kind of start with, you know, everybody's journey is unique. So unique. And so you really, and one of my favorite quotes is you can't compare your beginning to someone else's middle.
0: Yeah. Right? (laughs)
1: Yeah. And you can't, you know, compare like when you're just getting out of college, you know, with the person... 20 years into their careers doing
0: yeah you also i can't remember my exact the exact quote but it's a dr seuss one about um even if if you try to have a fish climb a tree he's going he's not going to feel successful right it's I, something along those lines yes <laughs> but if he's swimming He's the greatest thing on yeah, earth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't
1: take them out of their well. Take them out of their element. Challenge them a little bit, but yeah. exactly, don't don't make that their comparison. Yeah, is what it's trying to say. Mm-hmm. So that's a great quote. We'll find that one. And I
0: think you also asked for your signs of not feeling fulfilled. I think that those are um, pretty um, self-explanatory. A lot of them are the Sunday dreads, right? Mm-hmm. When on Sunday night you're like, "Oh, I don't want to go to work on Monday." You start getting that anxiety. It starts getting worse and worse. Um, It might be just only looking forward to the weekends. But the biggest one, I think, is when people get a promotion or have some version of success, maybe someone else's version of success. They're sitting in a nice new office. They've just gotten a big raise. And for a few days, they're like, oh, I got this. I'm excited. And then day four, they're like, is this all there is? You know, what, what is there, what's missing out there? And that just means that maybe some, that's someone else's version of success and you need to go do something different. And, um, that's definitely what happened to me. I kept being successful and more successful. And I just felt like something was missing, that there was more to life and I had to go out and find it. And eventually you hit that breaking point of, okay, it's time, whether that's a layoff. And so many people are going through that now. Oh, so
1: many, so many. Yeah. You know, mine came,
0: my pivot came in a little
1: different way because the company I'd worked for, for 11 years, and I'd had all that too. Very comfortable. You when you work for a company that long. It's yeah. really easy to stay it. there. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> comfortable. I wasn't necessarily growing anymore, but the company ended up closing. And so I was having to go out and look for a new job and I was just, Reading
0: outside. Oh, it's the worst when you're not ready or don't want to do it. I just didn't want to do accounting and that's all
1: I was qualified to do. Mm-hmm. All I thought I was qualified to do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I finally met with a good recruiter who can also at times be a coach yeah. if you meet a good one. Totally. Hello, <laughs> <it's me>. um, <laughs> um, and she was listening to me, you know, that active listening, and she finally looked at me and because she'd bring me a job and I don't, don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that because of this. And she goes, Casey. You
0: don't
1: like accounting. Yeah. And I went, Oh my God, what am I gonna do?
0: Yeah. You know? And it is sometimes about being brave enough. I remember meeting with the owner of the last advertising company and I just got brave and I said, I actually hate advertising. And he's like, What? Wow. (laughs) I said, I love the people and the growing and the development of my team and but the actual industry of advertising, I really don't like it. And I think saying it out loud was really meaningful to me understanding it. Um, And also when you start to put that resume together and you realize it's just a long list of stuff um, that you just don't want to do anymore. Yeah. That's really what a resume is. The reason you're creating a resume is most oftentimes because you need to create a list of stuff that you don't want to do anymore. Wow. That's pretty
1: solid. So I think that goes well with our next question because your team serves many groups of people including those career changers, people who want to shift their careers in a new direction and you know this can be scary because anytime you do that it can be scary Um, but especially and you know when your experience doesn't align Uh with what you want to do so what are some of the steps that someone can take in this journey like just say for me like just say I didn't fall into recruiting but I know I didn't want to do accounting anymore. What, what do
0: I do? Yeah, how to start. Yeah, we have an amazing blog post on our website. Um, if I miss a couple of the details, please, um, we can put that in the show notes. Yeah, um, of course. The link to it. But I know that the great place to start is with job descriptions. So while at Career Design, we never recommend kind of hunting there or starting there in terms of job search, online postings, we do recommend going to online postings, whether that's LinkedIn or um, any of the job posting sites and finding job descriptions that you think would be the ideal job for you. And just reading them over, get two or three, get a little um, combination of all the jobs that you're really excited about, and then start listing the qualifications that you see repeating, whether that's leadership, management, multitasking, whatever it is, Mm. and do a little bit of an audit. The second step would be to look at your experience and do an audit of what they're looking for versus what you have. And the third step is, and this is where it gets a little tricky, because sometimes when you're looking at what you have and you're doing that audit, you realize or you don't realize you've actually done so many of those things. But because of the industry jargon or lingo, you don't know you've done them. And that same skill or the concept of that skill, you actually have that experience but you just don't know it because you've been stuck in a certain area for so long. So again, that radical collaboration and bouncing ideas off of somebody is so helpful. Um, like stay-at-home moms have all these transferable skills. They've just done things with kids instead of adults. Yeah. And figuring that out and, and analyzing it is um, is the next step. And then you look at the gaps. So you might have some gaps in there of what your, the job that you want requires versus the experience mm-hmm. that you have. And I think that um, when you have that gap, first of all, let me tell you, if you have sixty or seventy percent of what's on that job description, golden, qualified, go out there, apply for that type of position because all of those job descriptions, they're not looking for one hundred percent of that stuff. Exactly. that person doesn't exist. Um so if you have sixty or seventy percent, go for it. But if you don't kind of do a, a um, analysis of how can I quickly gain, that in the shortest amount of time? What can I gain in the shortest amount of time? And there's so many resources out there right now, free courses, Google's now offering certifications, books you can read, so much knowledge you can gain on your own, but the biggest one and my favorite one is if you have a current job, go in and ask your supervisor, your boss for new projects that are leading you to those experience gaps. And, And that's so fruitful for so many people because number one, you'll learn, okay, I've I've now gained this experience that I can now put in my profile or my resume. Um, Number two, your company or organization will understand that you're ready for personal development and growth. And there might even be opportunities within your company that you can go out and get that you never even knew existed. So um, identifying that and then finding that and actually looking for those experience gaps. I think, um, I mean, those sources to fill those gaps is, is my best tip. You know,
1: now that you just said that, I have
0: a fabulous story
1: oh, good. for this. So <laughs> okay. I had a lady reach out to me that um, wanted to, um, she wanted to work for a company. And it actually, the CEO of the company had been a guest on the show. And that's how she got connected to me. Oh, wow. And so, you know, I was like so excited. And I prepped her throughout all the interviews. But at the very end, they said, we really, really love you. And she went through like three interviews, but you're missing this one thing. hmm and she was just brokenhearted and devastated. And this one's for you, Kristen. By the way, so got to listen this episode, <laughs> but she didn't just stop there. And so I just talked to her today, and maybe it was yesterday. I don't know. Days run together sometimes. <laughs> but um, and she was like, Casey, I found a way within my company to go find that skill that I needed and I'm in talks with them to take over that position so that I can get those skills, so I can go work for the person I want to work for.
0: Yep. It's all about living that dream and improving yourself and continuing that self-development wherever you are. And you can do it even if you don't have a job. There's so many volunteer opportunities out there. With all of this COVID stuff lately, I mean, there's so many people that had extra time and what they did with that time. And I think that's going to be a really common interview question moving forward. Mm-hmm. What did you do during that time? Exactly. And if you're out there learning and trying to grow yourself and personally develop yourself, you're going to gain rewards in so many different ways. So
1: I just want to
0: kind of highlight what you just said <laughs> <laughs> that that
1: is going to be an interview question going forward after we. After this pandemic and the job yep. market picks back up, is yep. that what did you do with that time that mm-hmm. you were given?
0: Yeah, it's super important because yeah. everybody had it and yeah. how you, what, what you made use of during that time is going to be crucial. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, we worked on growing career design in so many different ways. We have now a new student program that we've been working on. Oh, and, um, we're gonna talk about that offline. Yeah, it's super exciting and, um, and just learning. There were so many amazing webinars that you could watch. I know pe- some people got Zoomed out, but I thought it was awesome because you didn't have to drive anywhere. You could just attend networking events and- You only had to dress halfway up. Exactly. <laughs> I learned I don't put my on hardly ever anymore.
1: Yeah. There were a lot of good things. And I know. I think one of the things that I was the most grateful for was, and that I took advantage of, was
0: not having to commute yep. to the office. Yeah. So many people realize. And that's another, it was a turning point, a pivot point in a lot of people's career, because I think so many people thought, oh, if I could just work from home, I would love this job. And then they got the opportunity to work from home. And they're like, oh, that didn't help. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't it's like still it. It's still the job. I yeah. don't like it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I was so, and it's off topic, but so much more productive when I was at home. Yeah.
0: So many people are, but yeah. so many aren't either. There's yeah. that whole, every unique individual learned that was whether they failed or they lost a job, they learned something about themselves during that time. Everybody did. That was, was so the one of the few positives of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think is a common mistake that a lot of people make when they're going through a career transition and or just trying to change their career tra- trajectory?
0: I think the biggest one I see is um, fear, just falling into that fear trap, not being courageous to try something new. It's so hard when you've been in an industry for so long. Um, You just think, oh, I have to start over that whole, you know, those tapes that play in your head over and over. I hate those scripts. Oh, God, it's awful. (laughs) I know. Um, And it's hard to get out of. Once you get stuck into that trap, it's hard to get out of. And I think that if we just start, it's really about mindset, however that is Able, you're able to change it for yourself. Um, getting into that perspective of failing forward, I call it, because yep. even if you fail, you learn something about and yourself. You're trying. Oh, and you're learning. It. Oh, I actually hated that. I don't even know why I ever tried it. Or I like it so much that I'm going to work towards it. You know. So um, I think that's the biggest mistake is just getting caught up in the fear. And um, there's so many ways that you can get out of that. You just have to build your confidence, and that's different for every individual, but a lot of it is back to the self-discovery and just understanding where you're strong and focusing in those areas and how you can take those strengths and make a valuable contribution in the world or to an organization or whatever that means for you. And I think you said something right there that I want, again, to highlight. You've just said so much,
1: many golden nuggets, and I just, I, but I want to bring some of them out. Mindset.
0: Oh, so important, that growth mindset.
1: It's so important. And if mm-hmm. you don't, and we talk about it a lot on the podcast, and some people will say, Casey, what does that have to do with your career and finding a new job?
0: Everything. Everything, yeah. Everything. It's hard to be successful. Your version of success, like we were talking about, your definition of success, starts with that mindset. Absolutely. I mean, you have to have it. Um, you either have a good one or a growth one or a non-growth one, and the growth ones are so much more productive. So much more fun. Yeah. <laughs> So
1: I know another aspect of looking for a job is networking. So, and it can be a huge part of it. Um, what do you... What and so you, many people hate that word. Networking. Oh my gosh. Especially introverts.
0: Like my, that's my jam. <laughs> I one. know. I love it too. But so many people, when you say that word, they're like, oh, I don't want to do it.
1: Oh no! Yeah. So what's helped
0: you strengthen your network? Mm. I think that my favorite networking tip And it just comes natural to me. So I know it's probably not everybody's, but I love asking people what their career journey is. Yeah. Not just what they're doing now, but how did you get into that? Where did you start? Where did it come from? Because I am genuinely curious about it. So that, like I said, comes easy to me. But even if you're not as curious about it, when you ask that question, you learn not just where they've come from, so you're creating more of an engaging bond with another human, but you also learn about what different industries they've been in, what different levels they've been at, so that you know, oh, okay, well, I actually am really interested in that one. Who did you know in that space? And you start to have this bigger network from just one person. Instead of just learning what they're currently doing, you hear about so much more. It's the spider web. love it. I know. And I I think that's why it's so important
1: to me that I point out how I meet my guests. Yeah, 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 yeah. same
0: concept. I mm-hmm. want
1: you to realize everybody can do this. You know, yep. anybody can network. It's not just the extroverts. Yeah. You know, we, can, we are all capable of networking and you never know that one person, you may meet that one person and think, I'm not sure where that's going. Mm-hmm. But then later on, that one person, They remember you in a conversation they're having and make an introduction that could change your life.
0: Absolutely. Happens all the time. And now introverts, I mean, they can do so many Zoom networking events. They can hide behind the screen a little more. It's helpful. Turn the camera off. Yeah. (laughs) Take a break. Re-energize themselves. Um, So tell me a little bit
1: about the career design profile and how it helps people have greater success in their job search.
0: Yeah, So the career design profile, again, was um, started by Dr. Harkness, but really it's just a summary of all the things that we've talked about. It's the who you are, um, what you want, and how you can make that contribution. So it's really a summary of different assessments and exercises, your strengths, how you can contribute, and I think the reason that's so important, and it's important not only for the people looking for a job, but also for the corporations and the companies looking for great talent, um, it's so important for both parties because so many studies have been done about um, employee engagement,
1: right? Oh, yeah.
0: And I know Deloitte did one that said that 88% of people are not passionate about their work, which breaks my heart, first of all. Oh, no. I just can't. I mean, all those people out there are going to work every day and they're making and their life. Uh, and there's no passion. I don't even know how. Well, I guess I do know. I did it for many, many years over and okay. over. But um So when they're engaged and they're passionate about their work, obviously they're more productive, more engaged. So going through a process like this, whether you do it on your own or with a career coach or um, go through our program, however you do it, it's so important because you actually learn, okay, this is who I am. These are my strengths. This is what I want to do. And this is now how I can bring value to an organization. And that's what the profile does. It just kind of summarizes that. And you need that throughout your whole career. Mm Because that's going to change your career. And like we talked about earlier, your values change throughout life. Yep. But those same core principles are going to stay there. And mm-hmm. as long as you know what they are and that whatever you're doing is pointed in that direction, you're going to feel fulfilled and have your own version of success. So, um, I think that's, it's really important. And when you you get, it's also an interview topic, right? When you go in to talk to people about what you've been doing or um, your own self-development, you can say, I've actually gone through this process. I know myself. I know what I'm passionate about. And that lets the employer know that you are going to be one of those engaged, productive employees. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And, you know, and I think on the flip side of that, employers that are willing to recognize the passion that their employees have or are going to have, they're going to raise that level of oh, yeah. engagement and passion about their work.
0: Yeah, it just leads to everybody's success. Their, their employees are doing things they're passionate about, which is making the company overall more productive. I love companies that actually, instead of just taking scripted job descriptions, they're like, okay, what are you passionate about? Where are your strengths? We're going to move some things around here. It's not traditional, but we're going to move some things around and let Susie do a little of this and Bob do a little of that because that's where we're going to get the most out of our employees and they're going to feel most Fulfilled.
1: You know that, and I, I just talked about this on another podcast. But one of the reasons that I moved to VIP is because of just that. Because yeah. they didn't say, "Here's your job description. Here's what we, what we want you to do." Put you in a box. Mm-hmm. When I interviewed with them, they said, "What do you want to do?" Love that. And they ask me that all the
0: time. And I
1: love it. I do. I'm doing something completely different today than I was doing when I first started with him.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's the genius going into yes. it. When you go to look for a job, it's never going to be that job description that you're actually going to do. You're going to hopefully have a conversation with the person yeah. interviewing you and create your, the job that's right for you and for the company. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You can you can break that stuff up. Yeah, you know? for sure. Those are just starting points. Those job descriptions. Those exactly. postings. There's suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, one more
1: thing, and then we've got to move to our VIP questions because we're almost out of time. But tell me a little bit about the career design foundation. You know, oh. what is your work? What is your company doing with that?
0: And tell me. Yeah. So. Another um, beginning of Dr. Helen Harkness, so she was in the education area for many, many years, feels very passionate about it. And after helping thousands of people figure out and find out what they were passionate about in the workspace, she realized the actual root of the issue was education and and our education system and not helping students understand where their natural talents and abilities started and what they should head towards knowing that. And um, so it was always her dream that the education system would take that into account and actually start giving these kids the tools they needed. And so we actually started a student program. I mentioned it earlier, um, a paid student program where they actually learn that information about themselves. But a portion of that goes towards the foundation. So underserved kids can get that same benefit Mm. and realize what their strengths are and a starting point. Is you after high school, so many kids don't have any idea what they want to do next. It's so difficult. It is. And it's not always college. Sometimes it's a gap year. Sometimes it's a trade school. Sometimes it's just going to get a job. But whatever those things are, you want to make sure that they're in alignment with who you really are, not what your parents think you should do or what you think you should do because of a certain... And because you're just going to end up having to go through that process later in life after you've wasted a lot of years. So Hello. <laughs> yeah, it happens to everybody because our school, we just don't have a way no. to do it. And um, even these days, right now, my son's in eighth grade. He has to pick an endorsement or a track or whatever they're calling it in your school district so early. And they start kind of funneling him and pushing him one way. They, they don't know that. And they haven't done any self-discovery yeah. at that stage. And then they miss out on all these other opportunities to test different options. And um, that's my favorite part of the student program is we actually help parents and give them suggestions and ideas of how their kids can test things that are in alignment with their natural strengths and abilities, whether that's hobbies, sports, part-time jobs, volunteer opportunities. Um, We actually, and we like to do it earlier rather than later. So you have a few years to kind of test these different ideas out and see see if it's something for you.
1: You know, I tell people all the time, I wish I could get a hold of these college grads before they go to college. I know. I can't tell you how many times I hear I talk to them on the phone, especially because I'm in accounting and finance. I get these accounting and finance majors and they're like, I don't want to do accounting. And I'm like, ooh, you just spent a lot of money <laughs> and to time. not do accounting. Yeah. And that's sad, but, you know, you don't want them to do what they're not going to be happy doing.
0: No, it's just going to lead to misery and um, unfulfillment and depression. There's so many negative effects. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. This has gone by so quickly. I know. It really has. Um, But I definitely want to get to our VIP questions. So. You think you're ready for this? I don't know. (laughs) We'll just dive right in and we'll see. Okay. So if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you?
0: Well, I loved the part about one of the firsts because it made it easier for me because it would just be my two kids and my husband. (laughs) If it was going to be the, if I was the first one, I'm not sure I would be able to say that because there wouldn't be other people there and we've just been through a big quarantine and I know what it's like to just be... (laughs) surrounded by those people but since there's gonna be other people there too <laughs> that's cool uh, yeah they, they inspire me to do what I love so that is so
1: awesome yeah that is so awesome <laughs> what's one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success
0: that one was hard because my days are so different and um, what I I think I've landed on is ground myself in my priorities and those can be the priorities for the day or the week or even the year but I have to remind myself where I'm headed and what I'm after. And if I get grounded in that, then usually my day feels pretty fulfilling. <laughs> nice, nice.
1: So, and I think this is my favorite question of all. So if if a news article was summarizing your life story, yeah. what would the headline be?
0: <laughs> I'm definitely not a copywriter. That's what I learned <laughs> trying to figure this out. Uh, something along the lines of people finally feel re-energized, in balance, doing work they love, read all about it. (laughs) (laughs) Or listen
1: to it. You can listen to it right here on the We Are VIP podcast.
0: Um, How do people find you? You've given us so much great information today. Thank you for having me. Uh, Best place is our website, which is career-design.com or LinkedIn or any yeah. of those fun social yeah. media places. Are, are you
1: pretty active on LinkedIn? We are. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So if people connect with you and they say they saw you on the We Are VIP podcast, you'll be sure to get back in touch with them. I would love that. Myself or Hollis Roberts. Oh yeah. yeah. Don't forget about Hollis. Hollis is kind of the gateway for all of this. Yeah. So this has been so much fun, Heather. And I just so have fun. one last thing to say to you. What is it? You are a VIP. Yes. <laughs> and that's a wrap for today.